You know, in a moment, I'm going to invite up uh, our guest, uh, Chris, in a moment. Before I do so, as we talk about STEP, I just want to give you an update in terms of what's happening with youth uh, at our church here at the St. Albans Vineyard. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did announce that we have a new youth pastor. Yes, thank you, Lord. Uh, yeah, we're really grateful for, for the Lord. And we have the wonderful Edward Carthy and his wife, Charlotte, who are coming from Reading, a church in Reading. And they actually start next Sunday. Yes, thank you, Lord. And um, I'm going to uh, introduce Edward uh, to the church on Sunday morning, uh, and we also have a leaders' meeting uh, where we will uh, introduce Edward. And, you know, I think that Edward comes at a really exciting time. Uh, I mentioned before, a few weeks ago, when I talked about Edward starting, that, you know, we really do want to invest in our youth ministry. So grateful to God for uh, the amazing work that Paul Lee, our uh, assistant youth pastor, has um, been doing at this time, and the youth team. Can we give a shout-out to the youth team? Um, But, you know, really get the sense that this is a new season and God is about to do something amazing with our youth. There's been a lot of, I just get the sense in the spirit that the Lord has been doing a lot of behind the scenes work in our youth ministry, sowing lots of seeds in this season. And we're about to see an explosion in youth and I'm really excited. And nothing, did you know that in the Hebrew language there is no word for coincidence? Did you know that? There's no word for coincidence in Hebrew. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God is moving. And the timing of Edward coming at this juncture as we start a new term, uh, I believe is, is a God thing. And I'm just so excited to God. What also is a God thing is that on this week, uh, we have scheduled uh, to speak with the wonderful Chris Birch Evans. I'll invite Chris up in a moment, but... Um, Chris and his wife Kate and the kiddies of uh, members of our church for many, many years. And Chris is the director of STEP, an amazing organisation that works in schools around the area. And, um, and I'm just so excited about what the Lord's doing with STEP. And indeed, we're going to explore what the opportunities are as it relates to us as a church and STEP. So without further ado, can I ask you to uh, welcome up Chris Birch Evans to the stage. <laughs> Chris, hello. How do you like this uh, this setup? Do you like this? I like it. Yeah, it's nice, these isn't seats it? are nicer than those seats. They, yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you got the uncomfortable seats over there. Yeah. I, um, we didn't have these earlier. I said to Trevor, please, can you get these cushions from my office? Because if I don't have them, I'm not going to be able to sit on these chairs um, <laughs> because my legs are a little bit shorter. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mine too. Mine yours too. too. Yeah. Well, I yeah. didn't want to talk about you, Chris, but yeah. Bless you. So, listen, as I say, Chris, um, your, your beautiful wife is here, Kate, and one of your sons here, uh, Daniel. Tell us a little bit about you first before we dive into step. How long have you come to church? You know, who you guys are. Yeah, okay. Uh, we've been coming to church for forever. When the church was in Marlborough, we were going there. Marlborough so, School, wow, yeah. 1999, we started coming. Wow. Around. So... That's a long time, isn't You're it? You're oldies. Yeah, we're oldies. Yeah. Church for us was Sorry, in the back not of old, a trailer. Yeah. We, we used to just load the church out of a trailer and a wow. big coil of cable for the PA. And it's it amazing. Great. Really good. So yeah. you would have seen a lot of change in that yeah. time. Loads of change. Yeah. Loads of change. And it's good. It's yeah, good. God is moving. And you know, it's I know Chris well. We're part of this, we're friends, we're also part of the same connect group. We are. And uh, yeah. and I know that there's a particular thing that you love to do that uh, I am warm into. Um, would you like to tell everybody what, what you it's enjoy doing? It's not like a secret confession or anything. It's... <laughs> if, if you want it to be confession time, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm able yeah. to absolve you. It's fine. I'm a pastor. So. 
Mark and I like stars above us at night, don't we? We do. Yeah. I like many, many thousands of stars above us. You like just five, generally, don't you? Five, yeah, that's a good number. Yeah, yeah five stars. Yeah. And so, so I love camping, and uh, I have spent a long time trying to help Mark camp. But help he likes Mark. five-star hotels. <laughs> <laughs> now I know where he's going with the star piece. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate stars. You know what you can do? You can open a window in a hotel, and you can actually look up still. Yeah. I mean, the sky's there. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be on a campsite. That, that is true. No, that but true. Uh, you do love camping. I Chris love does camping. wild camping, yeah. you know, don't you? We do. We took Daniel. Did you? Very yeah. fun. Very yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful, Dan. Yeah, yeah I, I'm impressed with this family. They love camping. Yeah. But no, we certainly do, we do. Uh, enjoy going camping as we a do. connect group. It's good. Well, you come and do it was once a year, don't we you? We do. Once a, a year is group. enough. Yeah. No, we did it this year. You did? Didn't we, yeah. Steph? Yeah. My beautiful See, we're there. corrupting you. That's Corrupt? Good. Well, yeah, this is yeah. true. Yeah. But anyway, for those should, of you... Should I tell them about Kate? Uh, please do. So, yeah. so I'm married to, to Kate, um, who is the love of my life. Um, oh. She, uh, she's got the most beautiful blue eyes. Don't, don't walk past her in the auditorium room and just <laughs> sort of look. Yeah, but they're, they're these lovely light blue eyes. And um, ever since I, I first met her, they've <clears throat> captured me and oh, kept me entranced. And um, many presents I've bought her have been blue because wow. of that. So, oh, um, that's beautiful. It, it's funny, though, as I was thinking, what do I say about Kate? And um, uh, Kate is also a force of nature. Um, uh, whatever she wants to see happen, <laughs> happens. I think often men, when they talk about their wives, tell yeah. how beautiful they are, which is true. But, um, uh, but Kate is extraordinary and, and oh. makes us as a family work. Oh, and that's, that's what the Bible talks about. And mm. often we just talk about their beauty. Um, mm. But there is so... She is a force of nature. Wow, and beautiful. blows me away. Yeah, let's give Kate, Kate a hand. That's lovely. So good. Yeah. And I've got two boys. So Daniel's here. Daniel is a would-be set designer. Um, he sees anything and, and sees its potential. Wow, sees so what good. it will be become. And um, usually it's to our horror. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Sorry about this. Da Daniel, Daniel had all these plastic bugs and he decided to do like a... a, a a game for all the kids on holiday rooms. So we put all these plastic bugs in a pot and then, and then poured oil over the top of them and then got them to put their hands in there blindfolded and said it was Indiana Jones. It was just like... It Has, just I mean, that is creative, Daniel. I mean, that is very creative. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, he's, wow. yeah, he's incredible. And I've got a little seven-year-old called Joshua who, if you ever need a negotiator... <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly disciplined, but somehow he always walks away from our confrontations having gained something. Wow, so, that is smart. I need to have a chat with Joshua, actually. That, I need some help in that yeah, area. So, and we've been here yeah. Yeah, since 1999. Volunteered lots of different ways. Yeah. Um, used to be Jenna's youth leader. Wow, back check in the day. this out. Um, and so you're you're older things. than you actually look then, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And I have short legs. <laughs> there we go. But I am. That's very kind of you to yeah. say. Oh, bless you. Well, you know, it's, it's so... It really genuinely is good to have you here this morning and to talk about STEP. Some of you might have heard about STEP. It is one of the charities that we actually support here as a church. Um, but can you tell us, what is STEP? What does it do? OK. So um, STEP is, is basically about the local church reaching out to local secondary schools. So it's mainly secondary schools. We do a little... We're little bit with primary, but mainly we do secondary schools. And the idea is to, to go into a school and somehow, whatever way we can, 
make space for God to be considered. Mm. Um, and it might be through a lesson. It might be through a presentation. It might be through an assembly. It might mm. be through running a course. Lots mm. and lots of different ways of, of making space for that to happen. And um, we have a, a myriad of different people doing that with us. So we have over 30 volunteers. Wow. There's 17 local secondary schools. We work in 15 of them. Fifth, just hold, hold the phone there. 17 secondary schools, and you work in 15 of them. Yeah. That is amazing. quite a huge endeavour, isn't amazing. it? amazing. Went down to three at the beginning of lockdown. Right. And we were heartbroken. Yeah. And um, as soon as anything changed, we were getting invited back in, making special rules for yeah. us and things. So. I mean, it's just worth pausing on that point before we dive into some of the detail, but, I mean, that's not a common thing that a Christian yeah. organisation is in pretty much 95% of the secondary schools in an area, is it? I mean, yeah. it's quite unheard of. Mind-blowing. Um, so I used to live in South London, and um, when we moved here, I moved up here to be a youth worker, and you, you could feel the grace for the gospel as mm. you moved into St Albans, <clears throat> um, and that has stayed. So um, if, you, if you live locally, there is a real grace here to share your faith, wow. and I think it's worth acknowledging that. Yeah. Um, there is grace here for it. That's amazing. And so let's just unpack a little bit more. How does, how do you, how, what does STEP look like in terms of a school uh, okay. environment? Just walk, walk us through I that. I brought some photos. Oh, wonderful. We so, love photos. So, so um, uh, just to give you an idea, I thought I'd show you a few things of what we're doing. So um, uh, should we put the first photo up and I will take you through it. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, there you go. Um, so th this is my friend Trevor. He's actually doing pottery with, with, with this young lady. And um, so she, she's mm. wanted to spend some time on a retreat, just having space to think. So we think retreat is, is very much sort of God and quiet and not being able to talk to people. We fill them with activities. Mm. And, um, and Trevor is teaching her in 20 minutes to throw a pot. Um, he's a local church leader. And um, in those 20 minutes... He, he talks about how, um, how Jeremiah really laid out the story, but how God forms us and walks with, works with us and, and causes us to rise up. And then when we resist, what does God do? Wow. And, and he just talks through the, the gospel with her while, while she does well with a pot or bad with a pot and, yeah. um, and uses the, her experience, uh, this kind of physical experience, to help her understand what God is doing in her life. And Trevor will do that all day, <clears throat> constantly, just with young people that want to throw pots so it's not like standing in front of a classroom teaching no. what we do is very different so does he have a room in a school and then it and then people come in at different points how does it actually work so so we we have taken kids on retreat to a right. church building for this one yeah but we've gone into school and yeah. set a pot shop so he's not constantly there we yeah. book in for him to that's do amazing that. that's so, so good yeah should you look at another one yeah next photo here we go and if you're wondering why we're looking, we've got a screen over there. We can see the photos. So, uh, have we got another photo coming up? There we go. We've got one here. Okay. Okay. The, I wonder if you can recognise these chairs. This is here. This is actually in this building. So this is a, a huge exhibition, 20-odd paintings um, strewed across the auditorium. And um, it's telling the story of Job. And um, the young people, you can see they've got headphones on. They are, they are listening to the story of Job being told to them. And they're journeying around. And it takes them about 20 minutes to hear the story of Job um, through art. And at the end of it, we, we just have lo lovely volunteers just sitting saying, what did you think of the story? Do you relate to it? Um, how does it relate to the suffering in your life? 
And, and, and where is God in the suffering in the story? Where is he in your life? And, and it's just a chance to, through art to explore um, what God does um, through an extraordinary story. So I used to wonder, why is that story in the Bible? And then <laughs> when we, we, we sort of discovered this artwork, I understood that it, wow. it just portrays God and helps you understand him and where he is with us when there's pain and suffering. Yeah, and that's what I just love about the Bible. It's so relatable, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's, it's such a real-life book. You know, wherever you are in your walk, your journey, or your season that you're in, yeah. there's something that is in here that brings life to wherever you are. And I love that example of, of, of these guys being able to access that through Job and the way you present that with the, the pictures as well. Just amazing. Yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. Should we do another? Yeah, let's do it. Next photo. We might have to... Uh, here we go. Ah. Um, so, so these young ladies have just been given time to do a whole load of activities. They've got headphones on to drown out the world and they're listening to a guided meditation. And um, they're, they're just pondering life and pondering the questions and things we're, we're doing. And they absolutely love it. And sometimes you're like, could we interrupt and just move you on as they, they've finished the audio track and they're just stopped. I don't know the last time you actually just stopped mm. and looked at some flowers or did something. Um, but we provide those kind of spaces, knowing that um, uh, God is at the door waiting. He just wants us to stop sometimes. I just want to linger on that point, actually, because that's, that, that's powerful for a few reasons. One is, I, you know, having kids myself, they're always busy with doing this stuff. And you get the sense that... And, um, and they just need a bit of permission to be still. That's really, I mean, that's really great for any parents out there, you know, just to be able to carve that time out for our children. And also yeah. as we think about ministry here as a church, you know, I'm reminded, but you know, this is for us adults as well. I'm reminded of, a, I'm, a, I'm reading a book at the moment, a story, and uh, this guy is fishing and he calls over someone to fish with him. And this guy he calls over, this fictional character is uh, a high city flyer and he's in involved in mergers and this, that and the other. It's a Christian uh, fiction book. And uh, he says, oh, I haven't fished since I was a kid. And uh, the guy looks at him and says, you've wearied your soul. You need to sit down and be still. And that really spoke to me actually into where I'm at and our heart, but actually where we are as a culture because I think we're only headed in one direction. That's more and more busy. And, yeah. and, and what we don't realise is the impact to our souls, that we are yeah. being wearied. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys being able to provide for, the, for, for youth, that intentional space must be just so powerful. Yeah, yeah. we love doing it. Yeah, it's just yeah. amazing. All right, next photo. Let's do that. What have we got next? Wow. Oh, great. So um, I actually forgot to do it, uh, bring it in, but we have these huge ammo crates with lots of activities in them. And that's this girl's holding a bottle of one of the activities. And so they, they hear someone retelling one of Jesus' <coughs> stories. And, um, uh, and they have something to do as they hear the story being retold and just reflecting on what he says and then talking about it. They don't get told it's Jesus' stories, but after they've um, heard these eight stories, they sit and discuss them and the impact on their lives and, and, and what they learn for it and what they think they should change. And then we do the great reveal and say, well, actually, a very wise man said this who's God on earth. And, um, uh, and, um, uh, and they're like, we, we've never really 
consider he had anything useful to say. They've just oh, wow. not considered it. But because we've changed the packaging and put them in an ammo crate and <laughs> um, put them in dirty bottles and things like that, they, it just blows them away. It's so much fun to watch. That really is amazing. Next photo. Let's see what we've got next. Here we go. What's this? Oh, love this. Um, uh, so um, uh, this is a lesson. I don't okay. know if it looks anything like a lesson you've ever been in. But um, uh, so I was outside and just took a photo into the, the classroom being taught. And um, uh, one of our team had asked the students <coughs> to write down their objections to Christianity. Oh, wow. And they put them on post-its and stuck them on the window. And then we asked them to go up and pick one and refute that objection. So the kids were doing it among themselves. Doing apologetics, and, essentially. Yeah, but wow. we weren't doing anything at that moment. Wow. And so um, it was just so powerful that... They, as a group of kids, so she's year 13, uh, or was, she, she's now married, but um, uh, um, uh, uh, they, they were just debating and they'd never talked about what they thought about faith before, you just don't talk <clears throat> about it. And so we sort of, when there was something silly being said, we would step in and give another perspective. But within them already, there was this wealth of knowledge and ideas that they just not shared as a community before. That's just amazing. I mean, so when you hear of STEP, you know, I think, given my age, I automatically think RE lessons when I grew up, but they're really not. No, no. Essentially, what it sounds like is you're given space to explore faith. How do you work within the limitations and the constraints of schools as it relates to sharing faith? Like, what are those constraints? Yeah. And how do you navigate through that so that the gospel can be presented and people can meet Jesus? Great. Good question. Um, so we couldn't um, invade someone's school day and tell them they have to make a decision today about their eternal destiny. Um, what we can do and what we do is over a period of seven years, is that you know, we're committed to the long run of all our schools, we, we, we teach them all the aspects of what the gospel is and let them know in that time that, that you have a choice. Mm. Um, and so what you're doing is putting all the pieces of the jigsaw on a table in front of them and, um, and seeing how they put them together. Um, and when Jesus talk, gives the Great Commission, he, he says, um, go and make disciples, teaching them to believe. And so going make disciples comes before teaching them to believe, in my mind. So go, go and teach them how to live, and then your faith in Christ comes next and so we're, we're, we do all that and, um, uh, and pray, hope they come to a place where someone will go, well, what do you think? So I don't think we could do that bit explicitly. Right. Um, we say to, to head teachers, we want to see young lives change for the better. Yeah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we know that Jesus is the best possible thing yeah. for him, but we're only going to offer him when, when we feel they want to hear it. Yeah. And heads trust us on that front because we have a track record of um, 97 I started and we step started before that. So 25, 26 years of, of not crossing lines and wow. giving students freedom to choose as and when they would. So you built up an amazing trust bank yeah. with yeah. those schools. Yeah. And so you must just see, I don't know if we have any more photos. Do we have. We do, have. You, do you want any more? Or should we move well, on? Well, let's, let's, let's move let on. me just understand some of the impact. I mean, you touched on that. And what yeah. I love about what you said is, you know, you're committed for the long term. You journey. Yeah. So my Lucy, for example, she starts secondary school tomorrow. Yep. Um, and so, you know, she'll be, step will be in her school. Hmm. She'll be so. Where, Roundwood she Park. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So she'll be journeyed yeah. from 
from when she's 11 all the way through. Yeah. I mean, that's just amazing in terms of discipleship. So you must see an amazing impact to lives. Yeah. Have you got any yeah. stories, anything you can share in terms of mm. uh, the impact yeah. that you've had? So, so to give you an idea, before lockdown, so 19, 2019, we did 2,000 activities in school. Um, over a what period? One year period? Over one year period. 2,000 activ- 2, wow. activities. Probably most of them with 30 students each. Right. So to give you a scope of what we do, um, and our philosophy has always been the parable of the sower, um, uh, of, um, mm. uh, well, if you've got one in four chance, throw a lot of seed. Keep throwing. So yeah. that, that's... You let know, the Holy and, Spirit do the rest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's been sort of... So numbers is a big thing for us mm. in some ways. Let's just throw as many seed as we can, but also let, let's, let's go fishing as well for what we're seeing God is doing. Um, and that generally is young people come to life and we're like, we'll work with you, we'll work with you. And whether it's training them as a leader um, or helping them with bereavement, <clears throat> we've done an awful lot of that in the last year. Bereavement, did you say? Yeah, wow. it's been tough. Yeah, um, but uh, we, we've just journeyed with people in the spaces that God's given us. So it's been net or, or small rod. Stories, um, highlights... We did a series called The Lion, the Witch, and the Edmund. Um, C.S. Lewis would not be happy, I don't think. I was just thinking about C.S. Lewis right now. Yeah, and and we had three weeks to explain the Easter story. Um, And so week one, we talked about the lion and um, uh, and, and the nature of God and who God is. And I decided I needed to grab their attention. And so um, our offices were about a mile away from the school. And I dressed up as a lion and I walked to school every morning with all the buses and everything going by and wow, what a guy. Cars and um, one yeah, student. Yeah, deserves an applause, absolutely, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> Committed to the cause, I love it. It was, a, it was, it was fun. Um, and one student said to me, you must love Jesus. And I was like, wow, well, why is that? And he said, well, you've committed social suicide. <laughs> So perceptive. Yes. <laughs> try, try preaching in a lion suit. It's, no, um, thank you. It's quite <clears throat> something. Um, so week two, yeah. I went and walked dressed as a witch. Wow. Pleasant. Uh, very interesting. And in the, the assembly, I, so um, uh, I didn't talk, I taught that there is evil in our world. Yeah. And C.S. Lewis were, really knew that his niece, as he wrote the stories to explain the gospel to his niece, um, he knew that his niece and goddaughter um, needed to know there is evil. Mm. And, um, and we talked about this. And um, at the end of this assembly, this young man came up to me and, and he said, um, Chris, do you really mean what you've said? And I said, absolutely. And he, he said, um, I've been messing with some stuff and, um, and can you help me? Wow. And I was like, absolutely. And I said, are you a Christian or not? And he said, yes. And I said, if a Christian is someone who loves Jesus and lives every day as if his opinion matters, are you a Christian? And he wow. was quiet for a while. And he went, yes, I am. I said, oh, wow. really good. And so I opened up Ephesians and I said, there's a bit here. And I read it to him. And it says, having believed, you are marked with a seal, which is the heart, promised mm. Holy Spirit, mm. guaranteeing that which is to come. Yeah, for the It's like you have a mark on you that means that evil can come near you, but it can't touch you. you, you are, you've got this mark. And, and he talked to an, I looked over at the receptionist and I said, um, do you mind if I pray for him? I know it's probably not appropriate, but he's upset. I've only got one tool that will help. And, <laughs> um, and she was like, 
not me. <laughs> so I thought that meant yes. Um, <laughs> Very good. So, so we prayed, and, um, uh, and it was a really turning point for him. Wow, that's just and, amazing. Uh, so for me, it was a lovely little moment. But the week after, um, the walking school didn't go so well. Um, so I went as Edmund, as I wanted to show that by, by nature, humans, we can't help but sin. Right. And Edmund, that's why he's in the story, I think, is to show your, you know, he just wanted Turkish delight, didn't he? Oh, yeah. But he betrayed his whole family. Yeah. And that's what sin is, isn't it? We just want to be happy. Mm. But actually, the, what we end up doing in our pursuit of happiness cuts us off from God, and it cuts oh. us off from our relationships. It, it does all these things. And um, so I, I took my friend Charlotte in with me. And um, Charlotte's... Um, um, uh, uh, a very clever lady um, uh, who's very tall and very elegant. And, um, and she said, I've, just got, I've got just what you need. And so we were talking about the nature of sin. And she stood there and she said, let me give you an example of sin. And she said, for my prom, I, I just wanted to look beautiful. And uh, going round, um, I saw these dresses, but she said, I saw this green one. And it was just, it was mine. It was totally mine, but I couldn't afford it but it would make me look amazing. She was very tall with very red hair, so the, the green and the red would look fantastic on, on her. And she, she, she stood there, and she was like, and so I stole it to wow. all these kids in school. And they were like, no. <laughs> she, she is the figure of piety to the school. <laughs> and then Charlotte reached into her bag and pulled out this green dress. Whoa. And she went, and here it is. Wow. And the room was silent, except for the Holy Spirit, who was going, yes, <laughs> all over the place, as they saw <clears throat> the nature of who they thought was this pious young lady mm. and what sin does to you and what it leads you to. Mm. And, um, and afterwards, the conversations we had with kids about the things they had stolen, the things that there was just confession wow. everywhere. <gasps> and it freedom, was, no doubt, that came yeah, from that. Yeah, just... So some, for me, one of my highlights is, is that series of three weeks yeah. to explain the gospel. That's amazing. Rather than just in 15 minutes, just. And just the good news for the kids mm. in terms of just their lives and, and things not being hidden and being in the open and then mm. understanding who God is and his yeah. nature. Wow. That's yeah. just amazing. Blows me away. Now, you've obviously, you, you mentioned this at the very start, that when COVID hit, during that period, you went down from 15 schools to three. Yeah. How has COVID changed the way that you have been able to minister to kids? Or, yeah. And, do, and have you noticed a change yeah. in kids? Yeah, yeah. Um, just to say something about young people, they are extra, extraordinary. Um, they, they blow my mind away since I... Um, left university, that's all I've done is work with young people because they are the, the most incredible people to be around um, because they are creative, they're funny, they, they are not reserved, they um, say what they mean, they challenge my faith like nobody else. Um, and, and they're becoming. They're in this moment in time where they're becoming. Mm. Um, so, and I want to be around people who are becoming. Hmm. So, um, uh, so John, in his letters, he writes that um, children um, need to know they are forgiven. And then he, he, he talks about um, what fathers should do. And then he talks about young men, which isn't a gender thing. It's a stage. There's children, there's sort of manhood, fatherhood. Mm -hmm. And there's this big gap in the middle. 
And, um, and it, what it says about young men is you have won your battle hmm. and you are strong in the word of God. And so something's happened between children and, and sort of being a, a young man, a young woman. And it sounds like there's a battle and it sounds like they need to become strong and they need to become strong in the word of God. And so for me, youth work is about a battle and wow. it's about making young people strong, about teaching them the word of God. I love that. Um, and that's what I want to do. That's what I'm committed to. I want to do it with non-believers more than believers, yeah. but I'll take either. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so what I feel about young people is um, they really need us more than ever because of COVID. Because before, they had all these support structures, and then during COVID, they had nearly a year just with the internet. Mm. They didn't have their peers, they didn't have their churches, they didn't have their extended family. And, and so the, the algorithms have been feeding them whatever they started looking at. Wow. And what a way to go into a battle. Scary. And so um, my friend, um, uh, when he talks about John 10.10, where it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he says the devil takes what is rightfully yours, your identity, and then he sells it back to you at a price. Whoa. That's their battle. And COVID and the lockdown has meant that the, the identity of young people in their time of becoming has been attacked. And, and actually, for many of us, we haven't been able to help them. Pre-lockdown, step where we had in our small groups in school 300 young people that we just were our youth group, you know, in, in various schools. And then when we couldn't see them for a year, we just didn't see them. So these kids went to war over their identity without help. And so it oh. broke our hearts as we, didn't, we couldn't get them on the, uh, through FaceTime or anything because they were in school. We didn't know them outside. Yeah. And so we met them after their war. And it, you know, it was hard work finding out what's going on in their lives around their identity. And so I guess I've got a challenge for us as a church. Can I challenge? Yeah, um, please. If there is a battle going on over the, 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 the identity of our young people, um, are we, and the devil is trying to steal it, are we going to let robbery happen under our eyes? Wow, what a or challenge. Or are we going to do something? Why don't we help? I don't know, if I'm honest, what the impact of um, volunteering is in church on children's and youth work. But, um, you know, our children need to know they are forgiven. That's what John says. They need to know that they know that they know that they are forgiven. The, 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 God doesn't love them any more or any less based on what they do. Egypt, they need to know it. And our young people need people to walk through this battle with them. So when um, uh, Edward comes and he says, we need more help, don't let robbery happen mm. when we could help. So um, I've actually just sent an email volunteering for, to join the youth team. So I just like, Amazing, thank you, Chris. Let, I'm not going to let that happen if you'll have me. So. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Definitely we'll have you. So, so, so for me, that's young people. They are extraordinary. They are becoming, they're in a battle and they need us. Mm. And COVID has meant that they've gone through grief, loss. They, they've had their identity challenged. They've gone through me, you know, Me Too started at yeah. the beginning of that. One of my first conversations when we first went back into school, a uh, head teacher said, Chris, would you go and work with our nice lads in school? And I was like, if you want me to. You usually want me with the naughty ones. He says, no, no. Our nice lads are scared to talk to girls because they're worried about being 
considered stalkers. They're worried about oh. her, what it means to show interest in a girl. It's like, and so we've got everyone else taking advantage. And uh, the kids that really will give people an amazing experience of dating, holding back, going, I, I, I don't want to do this. And so uh, we've had all these kind of conversations of what should be natural, what should be hormonal, that because everyone's been stuck in, in their houses just watching the news and, and having algorithms feeding things. They're just like, so it's all going to fall back into place in six months, a year but it's a moment in time. And it is a critical moment in time, yeah. isn't it? And just yeah. as, we, as we kind of bring this uh, plane into land, I just want to just talk a little bit around how we can support you uh, in practical ways. But I think it's really exciting. We want, want to take this opportunity to announce that STEP are moving into church, uh, that offices are going to be based here. So previously, you've been having your offices at another location, but yep. uh, you guys have moved in into the atrium. You know where the room is that has the uh, normally the blinds down near the Connect Group uh, uh, flyers. You are in that office. The blinds uh, are up. The blinds are up. You can have <laughs> a peek in. But we're really <laughs> excited uh, that Step. Not only do we, do we you know, the, the way we currently support you, but that we can kind of integrate you more into church. Mm. You and I have obviously had lots of conversations around the opportunities around that. And yeah. I said at the start, and I said a few weeks ago, we really want to invest in our youth here. Mm. What's your dreams and your visions around how yeah. we can work together going forward and the opportunities that are there? Yeah. So, um, like I said, we, we deliver the Christian hope over seven years. And um, we've realised there's a load of um, students <clears throat> that say, yes, I love Jesus. <clears throat> yes, I live every day as if his opinion matters. But they didn't start in church. Mm. So they don't know they should be part of a church. They're reading their Bible a little bit. But um, we don't know that until we're having that kind of conversation with them. Mm. So I was chatting to one, one lass one day, and I said, you should pray about that. She went, I do. I pray every night. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. She said, what's a Christian? And so I said, someone who loves Jesus, lives every day as if his opinion matters. And she was like, oh, yeah, that makes me a Christian then. I was like, when, when did that happen in my mind? Yeah. There's a moment in time when you, <laughs> you... But because of the way we've chosen to do evangelism, we haven't been able to create those moments. Right, yeah. So we've got this horde, I pray, of, of, of good soil out there that we want to do something with. And... We've been really keen for a space to, to begin to say, well, could, what could we do with that? Mm. And so one of our hopes and dreams is actually now we have a space that is on the foot halfway of four secondary schools. Yeah. They just walk past the vineyard. So mm. um, that is a, we're in a good place to connect with them and do things. So that's a hope. Yeah. Um, we need more volunteers mm -hmm. um, because... The end of the day, young people just need to meet people who know Jesus, but, and then they see him through us. Then they're drawn to him, and then they begin to realise there's things they could do. So, more people just to come and do what you're good at. Um, I was going to talk about a book we made. So, our lovely Helena, for let's help the pandemic. Mental health has been there. There has been a doubling in the last ten years of issues. We might have a slide. Yeah, up there's there something. Um, uh, uh, there's been a doubling of um, uh, young people saying, I am, I'm struggling with my mental health. And we thought, well, how, how can we not just make something that's useful? How can we take the useful tools that are out there in the secular world and then put them alongside the truth of the Bible and, mm. and the gospel? 
And so we made a journal for, for that that we, we came up with the idea with. And then our very own Roger did all the artwork and designing. So Roger's one of the members of our church. Robert, amazing, Roger, amazing, Charlie, talented man. And his wife, Chris. Yeah, they're yeah. lovely. And so what other talents are there here mm. that, um, mm. that we could pull on to come and do things, whether it's baking cakes for food, whether it is doing one of those myriad of wonderful things, whether you're a, a, a potter or an artist or whether you just like listening. Mm -hmm. um, basically, whatever you are good at, I challenge you, come and tell me, and I, I bet I could find something you could do. I did this once in church, and this, um, uh, he was, um, his job, I don't know what the title was, he armors white blood cells. Wow. And um, he said, so you can't use me, and he went, and I work nights. <laughs> Anyway, for, for about six months until we wore him out, <laughs> he, he, on the way home from work, he would go and, and lead a group of young scientists, atheists, that tried to prove him wrong. Wow, that's He just amazing. would debate with them. And so, whatever you were good at, I bet we could find something for you to do. So there's a, another that. opportunity. I can't wait to meet Edward. Yes, see what we do with really looking and... forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, um... so Chris, there is a stall outside. There it is. says Step. Yeah. Uh, Helena and Amy are there. Yep. Have a chat with them. Have a chat with Chris. I I'm mindful of the time, so what we're going to do, we're not going to have a, a, a song at the end. What we're going to do is I'd like you all to stand uh, and join me as we stand. And I'd like us to pray for Chris. And in fact, is Amy and Helena, would they mind coming up to the stage? Why don't we just welcome them to the stage? Um, Jenna, why don't you join us up here as well? Amy, good to see you. Hey, guys. Right, uh, Jenna, why don't you come up here? Listen, what I'd like to do, um, if you have any words or pictures, why don't you just share that with the team afterwards? We haven't got time to do that publicly now, but I'd like us to pray for these guys and for the amazing work that they're doing. So can I ask you just to put your hand, right hand out as we pray? Jenna, why don't we just pray for these guys uh, now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, we just... Thank you so much for these guys, for their, for their hearts for young people, for their heart for you. Mm. Lord, we thank you for where you've brought them to. We thank you just for all the seeds that have been sown into these young people's lives and how young people have been changed forever mm. because of the words that these guys have spoken to them. <clears throat> and I just thank you for them, Lord. Thank you so much for where you've brought them to. Mm. And we just pray for them now, Lord, that you would provide everything that they need mm. and I just had the sense when you were speaking just to just to keep dreaming big mm. yes, Lord Jesus. because God is the God of the impossible Amen. so everything that you think is possible he can do so much more and mm. so keep dreaming big yes, Lord Jesus. so thank you Lord for all that you've done for them so far thank you for all that you're going to do through them in the future mm. we pray that you will provide for all that they need whether it's people or resources or money, whatever it is, God, would you provide? And we just pray for your hand on them of protection as they step out on that they're on the front line sharing your gospel to young people. Lord, we ask for your hands of protection over them and their families. And we just ask, God, that you continue to just, um, just give them the strength and the courage and the boldness that they need going forward. Mm. We ask that in mm. your name, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just uh, want to thank you for these guys. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like, Steph, maybe you might have a word for these guys if you do. Do you want to just give that? That's us grab that mic. 
Go grab the mic. I've just been quite overwhelmed by this, actually. It's really <laughs> blessed my heart hearing what you're doing for the youth because something that's been on my heart for such a long time as well, for this church particularly. And I don't know why I was drawn to the verse, do not exasperate your children. That's something I think about often with my own children, you know, to get that balance with them, you know, pushing too hard and them rebelling. And then um, you, I think you get what I'm saying. So I just feel the Lord saying he's so pleased with what you're doing. He loves that you're not exhausted. You're, you're providing an opportunity where the children don't feel exasperated and pressured and have, they're, they're having a place where they, they feel they can come and share. And I think it's preventing that, that, that feeling to rebel mm. and go against what God wants for them. So um, I feel the Lord wants to commend you and to say that he's got more for you. And there's so much authority upon each of you as well. And just that when you, when you go out to these schools, when the children come into this place, I feel the Lord has just put crowns on your head. Mm. He's called you to do this work for him. And his anointing is upon you. And as his lamp is a light into your feet and to your path, and he will give you the words to speak, like rushing water will come out of your mouth. If you trust and lean in him, he will give you the words and you will see the Lord move in this, in this, in this season and this time ahead. Mm. So Father, I just want to thank you for your goodness. I thank you for these faithful servants, Lord. I thank you that you've anointed their hands and their hearts and their minds, Lord, and their mouths, Lord. And I pray there's more, I thank you there's more to come. Mm. And I just pray you'd bless the work that they're doing. And I pray for, um, as Jenna did, Lord, people will come to help and serve. There'll be an army that will rise up, Lord, as, um, as we've gone through a battle that's still going, that, the, the, that people would come and join that battle. Yes, Lord Jesus. In your precious name. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Why don't we give these guys a hand? Thank you, Chris.